You're listening to Kistorian Brothers. Phone calls about Kiss from your friends at Kistorian.com. The originals, keeping it real since 2010. Well, I've got Dante Benuto on the line. Am I pronouncing that right? Yep. Thank you so much for coming on. Take us back to, uh, you know, your first exposure to Kiss, whether it's buying an album or the radio or, or maybe what you thought of them in the 70s. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think there's someone growing up, you know, over here in a certain era. I guess we are talking about the 70s here, pre-internet. It was obviously very difficult to discover music that you liked or to try and exactly find out what your taste in music was because you couldn't sample an awful lot of it and i didn't have any um elder older brothers or sisters who were into music there was no no one in the family that particularly was going to introduce me to it so my 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 way in was through a magazine called sounds which was a weekly magazine in the uk which i found really reflected my taste quite closely in terms of punk and metal and other things as well and there was a writer there called Jeff Barton who was very influential. I ended up working with Jeff years later, but at that point I was just a reader. And um, Jeff was very much into, you know, uh, the music I, I found I liked, which was, you know, which was which was certainly theatrical, bombastic, larger-than-life rock, most of which was sort of coming from the States. And so it was probably really through Jeff's writing about Kiss that I sort of, you know, saw a photograph, read something he wrote, and developed an interest in the band. And I, the first album I, I was given from them was a Christmas present, which was Kiss Alive 2. Uh-huh. Um, so that was my introduction to the band. And obviously just the visuals of that record alone are pretty stunning. And obviously it's a great record and having the fourth side of the studio tracks was kind of interesting, I thought too. And so I instantly connected with everything about that band. I, and I mean, I know a lot of people over the years also felt it was, you know, it was style over substance, but I always loved the songs and the music. I thought both went hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Did did you gravitate to one member initially, or was it just uh, the whole package? Um, it, yeah, uh, good point. I, I think it was initially it was the whole package, and and I, but I think I always had a sort of yen for Ace Freely because he just seemed this kind of really cool maverick rock and roll figure. Um, and I guess he wasn't the one that did most of the interviews either. It was mainly done by Gene and Paul. So I was always a bit intrigued by Ace, and I really loved his solo album. I thought for me that was, although I think Paul's solo album is also extremely good in the first one. Um, I thought Ace's was exce- is an exceptional, it's just one of the best 70s rock albums, whether you're in Kiss or not. It's just a brilliant record, I, I thought. Um, so um, so I, I, I guess, it, but to be honest with you, um, you know, I, 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 you know I, I guess I never really developed a relationship with Peter Chris much because obviously, you know, by the time I was getting into Kiss, Eric Carr had joined the band then. I was interviewing Kiss anyway, you know, Peter had gone by that point. So um, it was probably, it was, and I, I mainly spoke to Gene, to Gene and Paul. I, I only interviewed Ace very, 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 very briefly at, at one point in London. Um, and that was the only time that was when I first met him. And was that on the Creatures uh, press tour? Um, that's correct because I, what happened was I actually went I was in I was in Hawaii with Ozzy Osbourne and um, me and Ross Halpin were out there covering Ozzy for Kerrang and I had to fly back through LA to get back to London and, and they were in the studio probably the record plant somewhere like that in LA recording Creatures oh, man. so I arranged to stop off and I flew back to LA 
arranged to stop at the studio on my way to the airport and that one then that I interviewed Gene and Paul in the studio and they played me some tracks from the album. I think they played me I Still Love You, the title track and one other. And it just struck me that it didn't sound like Ace Freedy playing on the record. Um, of course, when, he, when they did the promo trip in London, as you say, he actually was part of that. And so I kind of quizzed him, yeah. are you on this record? And he said, I'm, I'm on there somewhere. But I think, I think he said he had a car crash that sort of took him out of action. But obviously it wasn't him on the record, as we now know. Although his face is still on the cover of that record, I, I believe. Yeah, it's very funny. I remember reading a review when Creatures came out and it was Rick Nielsen. And he, he, the only thing he said was, it sounds like Ace has been practicing. <laughs> I, th- I think the thing, I, mean, I was playing, um, I was playing one of the Ace Freedy, you know, subsequent solo albums, all of which I think are great, actually. And I was listening to a track, and no one sounds like Ace Freely on guitar. He could just tell it's him immediately, whether he's a technician or he's not Ingvay Malmsteen, I, 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 I grant you, but... Um, but he's just great, and you can just tell it's him playing immediately. He's got, I, I, I love his guitar playing; I think it's brilliant. Yeah, when I, you know, even if it was a clunker of a Kiss song, you could always look forward to the solo. Yeah, it was, it was great, and I actually, I actually really liked his writing within Kiss as well. Though he wasn't obviously, he didn't have that many tracks per album as a rule. You know, I, I really liked, I liked his, I liked his writing and his presence within the band, and it was obviously, it was a shame, obviously, when he, when he left the band, but. Um, but that was my introduction, really, to... Uh, but before that, my first ever introduction to KISS was, was, um, was, was actually kind of interesting because I was, um, I was trying to become a journalist at the time. And um, I was doing kind of a, a journalism course which required me to work on some really boring magazines just to get my, my chops. And I was working on things like accountancy magazines. And there was a magazine about the medical profession. There was one about tunnels, which was actually terrible, actually. Um, and so I just, so I just I, and I thought, well, this is terrible. I've got to do something. So I, um, I, I, I managed to persuade a, a magazine in the UK to, to take a KISS interview if I could get it. And so I just kind of, phoned up the record company and just said, you know, I, I really want to, I really, I, I've got this magazine that wants to take a feature with the band, can I interview them? And they said, well, yeah, it's a pretty good magazine, you can, but they're, in, they're doing interviews in New York. And I was in London. So I, myself and my friend, we decided to go to New York because he, he had some, he wanted to do something out there as well and I wanted to talk to Kiss. So we flew over and this is, this is just before The Elder, the Elder came out. And um, so I got an interview with, uh, with, with Gene and Paul, but having never seen them with that makeup before, of course. So that for me as a fan, that was quite a thrill. Paul having very short hair, of course, and Gene actually shorter uh-huh. hair too. And when I, when I met Paul Stanley, he looked, he looked exactly like Paul Stanley. But Gene <laughs> looked different to what I expected, you know. Uh-huh. It's kind of, kind of weird things in something you've never seen with that makeup before, without makeup. It was, kind of, it was a real thrill, you know, to see them. For the first time I did interview with them as a sort of a, I guess half fan, half journalist at that point, and um, and uh, then eventually, of course, I managed to uh, pursue my journalism career and managed to move on to Kerrang when it first started. So, so uh, did you get your my first? I, I kind of I managed to kind of pers- I, I kind of blagged it, I guess. Well, that's brilliant. And um, so, did you got your first break from Kiss? Is that the case? From from where, who? Sorry, your first break, as in your first big article, was with Kiss. Kiss interview I did around the uh, it was from a magazine called International Musician 
Um, and they printed it, and it was just before the air was around the elbow. The first thing they ever had printed as a journalist. Yeah, that's true. Well, fascinating to me would be the difference in terms of, uh, you know, how they're pitching and what their vibe is from, you know, from meeting them at the Elder, then seeing them at the record plant working on Creatures and hearing what Gene and Paul are cooking there. And then, of course, for them to officially unmask and now you're at their headquarters interviewing them for Kerrang! Um, yeah. I guess I'm going to get, I'm guessing that the the third meetup was the most festive intimidated by the English press, uh, rock press? what came across in the articles and that's why they were so pleasurable to read um, versus you know US mags which you know outside of cream were basically just just PR spins if you if you buy a, a page ad for your your album well that's what I thought because you know when I when I because you, you, you could you could you could sometimes find the American magazines in certain parts of London certain shops and when, when I bought hit parade or cream or whatever it was I, I felt this, this this was just thin there was no information that was interesting the photographs were obviously photographs supplied by the record company, not the great Ross Halpin shots that we did that were completely bespoke and special and unique to the magazine they appeared in. 
but you know we really want we really kind of and also whenever I wrote about Kiss I was often going somewhere to see Kiss I wanted to write about the whole experience of being on the road with Kiss or travelling with Kiss or being backstage with Kiss or hanging out with Kiss that was what was special that's what fans couldn't do I, I guess but they could live that hopefully through me explaining you know we were, we were lucky to be here you know and uh, and, and you know when you hang out with bands as you know interesting things happen I remember one, one time we were in I think Texas with Kiss, me and Ross. And uh, Gene Simmons, I think, said, do you guys have any cowboy boots? We both said, no, we're from, we're from London. You know, we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't really need the cowboy boots. And he said, well, come with me. And he took us to, uh, he took us to a, a shoe shop. And he said to the woman in the shop, you know, if you want to come to a Kiss concert tomorrow, here's some tickets, but give these guys some shoes. So our first, our first cowboy boots came courtesy of Gene Simmons. You're listening to Kistorian Brothers. Phone calls about Kiss from your friends at Kistorian.com. The originals, keeping it real since 2010. It sounds like you could write a Kiss book if you had to. <laughs> well, I think the thing we also want, you know, if, 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 I, if I said to you now, uh, there's a band called Kiss, and you knew nothing about Kiss, but if I gave you an hour, you could go on the internet, and you could probably get a pretty good handle on what it was, what the big records were, us all proud man i I gotta say and uh so do you feel at all uh nostalgic when you think about meeting them at headquarters there with Vinny and and eric Uh, well Vinny and and eric weren't there it was just gene and paul oh um but i obviously met Vinny. um i think i met Vinny when i think they came to london with Vinny for the first time i got on really well with Vinny. i have to say we um i think we sat next to each other at dinner and I really liked him. I thought he was a great guy. And we kept in touch. And actually, when he left Kiss, he contacted me personally. Um, and we were we kept it. I and mean, we did. You know, we, I spoke to him a lot while he was making that first solo album. And um, went to see him play subsequently in America when he signed to Chrysalis. I went over to see him play. And we were very close. So, I mean, Vinny, I think is, is a different person. I think now to what he was back then, as far as I understand it. But we, I liked him a lot then. He was and. Um, but obviously a lot of, a lot of stories have come out and said, which I, I don't know whether they're true or not, I have no idea, but my early experiences of Vinny were all really cool. And of course I saw him on tour with the band in America. I went over to the States to see that tour when he was playing with them. And what was your first Kiss concert? Um, it would have been in the UK. I guess it probably would have been one of the shows they played. I didn't see that when they came for the first time. Uh, I guess it was the second time they came, which would, I guess, been in the early 80s, I would think, something like that. Probably at Wembley in London, because I was living in London at the time, you know. And uh, uh, But you know, obviously at that point, I think they were like, um, you know, because obviously, we, you know, I, I'd obviously read a lot of stories about, about the band and, um, you know, I, I, I knew what to expect. But of course, their stage show was phenomenal, as you, as you know, and it was just another 
it's another it's a whole level a whole different level of experience i think and i just love the fact that they were so about entertaining people they wanted to put on the proper show um i think certainly coming from the uk you know we always felt over here i know there's always that thing about the grass being green but i think if you grew up in the uk and you've never been to america but you saw the big american tv shows and you know and you know when i when i first went to new york i felt i knew it because i'd seen I'd seen Kojak or Starsky and Hutch on yeah. television, you know, so I knew. And the New York is, an, when you first go there, it's an incredible experience. So although I know that Gene and Paul don't, don't, don't believe live in New York anymore, I always associate New York with Kiss. It just felt to me that they were part of that larger than life, you know, huge buildings, things imposing and bigger, everything bigger. You know, I, I felt that was very Kiss-like, so I was associated. Of course, of course, those early photographs of Kiss were all from New York. You know, you kind of got that sense of them being part of the landscape. Yeah, I could see that being very uh, uh, sort of uh, mysterious or exciting. I mean, even being from Chicago, I you know always felt that way about New York, and of course over here we feel that way about London. Yeah, yeah, and when also there's a great shot of Kiss also here in you know um, on, on on some of the famous bridges or in front of our historical buildings, you know, posting. <laughs> it looks amazing because when when you put Kiss against older buildings, it looks it looks really cool as well. Uh-huh. I just think I think that image was just you know. <clears throat> Um, phenomenal. And I think you know when you look back at the early shots of the band, where they were kind of playing with the image, and it was you could see it forming. But but when when they nailed it, boy, I mean it's you know it's you know, it's still a phenomenal thing. And I, I just think that you know um, when you, if, you, if you put if you put those four faces on, on anything, it just makes it look better. Pretty much anything. <laughs> it just it, it just it just adds value. You know, it's really cool. Yeah. Did, and did you see that they were in a Super Bowl ad? Paul Stanley was. It's really good. Uh, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll shoot it to you. Um, what's incredible though, my mom and my family, everybody can't believe it. They're just like, oh my god, because they got their logo in the shot. So I'm gonna guess, and Paul is the star of the thing. Ozzy's in it, and it's quite funny. Um, you'll enjoy that. But it's just incredible. They're they're savvy at, at branding and finding ends around, you know, to fill voids. sort of, uh, again, in the mold of the Beatles. So where was your heart when the announcement came out that they were reuniting? And I'm guessing you probably already had gotten wind of it, but, um, you know, how did you feel for Bruce? And, and were you, did you go see them right away when they came uh, over the pond, or did you come over to the well, States? I think I was, I was due to go to the, the, that first American show, if I remember, and I couldn't make it over, oh. uh, which I was really disappointed about. But I think I gave my tickets to some... To, 
It might be a dragon from Backyard Babies, actually. I think I might have given it to uh-huh. them. But, um, but I, uh, I, it, was, it would have been over here. But I was, I was really pleased. Yeah, I think it, it, it meant something, I think, you know. Um, and so I, I, I really hope that, there's, that, you know, that um, at some point or other there will be, they'll, they'll, they'll get back together and at least do some concerts together or some special guest appearances or, you know, whatever. I think it's, uh, it's something about the combination of the four of them, I think, that's always going to be special. You're listening to Kistorian Brothers. Phone calls about Kiss from your friends at Kistorian.com. The originals, keeping it real since 2010. Did you go see them on the end of the road? Uh, I, I think I would have done. Yeah, I pretty much always go, you know, and see Kiss. And, and I've, you know, and I always, I, it's always, it's always when you go and see them, you always, you're always amazed at how, how great it is. I think, and and how enduring the songs are, and how great the show is, and and how much. The show and the songs, you know, with songs like God of Thunder or Detroit Rock City, how much they all kind of really combine together so well. And that's why I was saying before, I, I, I've always really enjoyed the records, I've always really enjoyed the music, but I think you can't, I've never, I never felt it, it makes sense to separate the two. Um, I know, I think a lot of people's minds destroy us probably the ultimate blend of, you know, the two sides of Kiss the Music. And, and the theatricality and the, con- the conceptual uh-huh. nature of Kiss. It's a great record. My only reservation of that record is that there's not enough... It wasn't one that Ace Freely, I think, plays on completely. I believe there's other guitarists feature on that record, too. Um, so I'm always kind of more attracted, perhaps, to the, the, earlier, you know, the earlier albums. Um, and it's really hard to say what my... I guess my favourite Kiss album would always have to be probably Kiss Alive, too, simply because it's the first one that I really got, you know, and it, but it's not a bad... That and the live one are certain definitive live albums, I think. Live one, I guess, probably is really the, the Yeah, it's I, it's like listening to UFO. Once you've heard the live album, the records don't hold up yeah. as well. Like a live one and a live two are just so over the top and they have their own completely singular sound, uh, even from one another. Well, that's right. Of course, when I, when I first heard the live two, I'd never seen Kiss live. And, yeah, and to be honest with you, you could, there was barely any film of Kiss that ever appeared on British television. funny you know kiss says they're not going to make any new music because you know people don't care about the new songs and this that and the other and i i actually believe it's because they don't want to go on the record uh, excuse the pun and have perhaps low sales because of the way the record industry is and uh i think they're really more angling right now for the sale of their catalog yeah you know i i i i, I get that because the, you know we've all seen the industry change quite a lot over the years and there's you know there's just you know, you can't turn the clock back. We are where we are. We do what we need to do. But I think, if, I actually think they, that they could make a very successful new record because I, I think it, but it would depend on the record, you know. And I think if they pulled out all the stops and did something that was actually, you know, almost like a destroyer mark too, I think I think it would be very, very, but also, but those, but the, but the levels of success could never be, never, never be right. what they 
but, but, but no one's in that situation anymore. You know, it just it doesn't happen. You know, you know what would be a fun idea is that, you know, if I could get in their ear, I would say, you know, hey, why don't you each do a single? You know, put out a single just for fun. It's definitely one of my favorites. There's a few songs on there that uh, definitely stand up. I mean, it's it's also a record, you know. It's a full listen. It's like yeah. The Elder. You can't just listen to one song from The Elder. You've got to get through the Odyssey. Yeah, no, that's true. What, what was interesting about when I went to interview them, you know, before The Elder came out, and I think they played me a track I, I think it's called, uh-huh. um, and, and, and maybe one or two others when I was there, but... Um, they also took because that that was still that was when they were still managed by Alcoin, and the office that Alcoin had was enormous. I mean, it was like a whole floor of buildings, incredible. And uh, we walked through this office, and then they showed me the stage set for the Elder, which was like a model they were going to use. Oh God! It was never got built. Never oh. got built because of what happened, you know. So uh, it's interesting. Gosh, you wish you had your cell phone then. All the clips that I've seen of Kiss in England, it, it seems like the audience is f- way more into it than here. I mean, and I'm not talking modern era. I'm talking over the whole span of history. It looks like a re- like to see Kiss in London looks like a serious experience. Well, I think also, yeah. I mean, that, then that that holds true to this day because now, remember, there's there's different generations of fans are now experiencing uh-huh. this thing, this phenomenon for the first time, which because of the makeup, I think has a certain timeless quality. It doesn't really date because the makeup doesn't date. And I think, um, and that's and face it, that Kiss represent an era of our industry that we won't see again, but was an absolutely glorious moment, uh, I think, for our industry as well, when a lot of the rules were being made, and they wrote a lot of the book was written by them. So they hold a very special place, and I think younger fans almost, almost look back on that as a kind of mythical lost era, when things were very different, and if you went backstage at a concert, you probably did see some things that would, uh, that would make your hair curl, which you don't. I tend to see, you don't tend to see that quite as much these days. I think that, that aspect of our industry has been slightly lost. I think that, the, you know, the, what goes on backstage these days, very little, I think is the truth of that. Um, so I think that people, I think, I think there is a, there is a, a feeling that the kids, kids represent and hold a torch and fly a flag for, for the glory of our industry and the glory of the genre that we all love, you know, as well. Um, so I think it does, and also remember when they first came over here, um, it wasn't a given that American bands would to hear. Like I'm, I, two of my favourite bands in the 70s were Angel and Stars, who never, ever came. I mean, both have come subsequently, but very recently. And they never came in the 70s when they were actually doing... And so well, you'd, read, you'd read in magazines about all the gods. You know, you'd read in magazines about Ted Nugent supported by the gods or, you know, Stars playing with this... Or Stars and Angel playing together or something. So it wasn't a given that these bands came up because there wasn't a Kerrang there. I think Kerrang was the reason why a lot of these bands could come. Yeah. Because, because, we, because it was always like, because we put them on the cover and we, we let fans know what was going on and we, we, we built them up. So I think once there was an infrastructure here that supported them, then they would come over. But at that point, it wasn't a given. So when bands like Kiss or Triumph, you remember seeing Triumph for the first time, when they came over, 
over here, it was a big deal. It really was a big deal because it wasn't a given. Were you surprised at the success of Crazy Nights in the UK? Um, no, I wasn't really surprised. I thought, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm never surprised by anything Kiss do because I've always, <laughs> I've always felt that the music was very strong. And so the fact they had a hit single didn't surprise me. Um, I was really, I was ple- very, I was very pleased, obviously, because again, you never know. But no, I, I, I don't think, I don't think so at all. I think, I think they, um, you know, I think they've always made pretty good records. You know, I've always enjoyed their music, and I think that, uh, um, I think there's something special about the makeup era records, particularly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, but it's all good, and you know, and I think that, uh, and as I say, I, I wouldn't, I, I certainly, if they made another record, I would be very interested to hear what they would come up with, what they would come up with. And I think it would still be very good. Which did you prefer, Monster or Sonic Boom? I know it's hard to choose. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I find that I would find that hard to choose. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's quite difficult. I mean, I, I, to be honest, with you, if you said to watch your favorite Kiss album, I, 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 I went to one of the live albums before, but I really couldn't tell you because I don't, I don't. There was one to me that, it, it, that just felt that you know, that, and you know, I, I couldn't. And I, I know there was a funny. Some of my friends, some of my friends went out to um, went to lunch recently here. Journalist friends, and they were talking about what was their favourite Kiss album. I think the general consensus was Destroyer, which I, I which is hard to argue with, really, because it's got Beth on it and it's got Detroit Rock City. But as I say, I just I, I just love Ace Freely, so I'm always slightly going earlier than that, you know, into into, into you know Rock and Roll Over or whatever, you know, Love Gun. Yeah, Love Gun is probably my favourite. Do, do you do you have any? Uh, have you heard anything? Is Ace doing any recording right now, as far as playing uh, new songs? I, my my ambition in life, and I die a happy man if I did it, was to, is to work with Ace Freely. So I'm constantly reaching out to people that know him um, to say, look, I'd love to do anything we can do. So I'm not giving up. Good. And he, you know, he 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 doesn't come here that much, and he often books shows, then doesn't doesn't do them over here. Uh, but he is Ace Freely. He, he is a legend. We'll, we'll forgive him. And I would, I would still love to work with him. So I, I hope, I hope I can make a connection. Or something. You know what you should do is make it cheap and 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 get a band together to back him up there. Yeah, I mean, well, listen, you, you'd have we, we could put together an amazing band because all the musician I know loves those freely. I've enjoyed all those records. I think they've all been extremely good. And as I say, I think as a guitar player, I think he is he is a, a stylist, and you immediately know it's him. So. So while he's out there, you know, I'm still I'm still reaching out and hoping at some point rather there's something we could do together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look what you did with that Scorps record. Uh, There's great production on that too. It really, it's just a great record. It's a fantastic record. I'm there. I mean, I think they've been around 50 50 years now. The Scorpions. They're an amazing band, and um, I think Rudolf Schenker is absolutely one of my favourite musicians. I think he's incredible to watch on stage as well, and. and yeah, I think they, they you know, I, I think, I think I actually, when I, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting because a lot of bands don't do it, don't do instrumental tracks anymore, but Coast to Coast is such a great song, <laughs> instrumental piece, incredible, you know, so they're, they're an amazing band and I, I think that I'd always, we, we, we're very proud to be, you know, to have with our record out, very proud. Hey, you know, as I let you go, Dante, it might be interesting. You probably have some insight into what makes the relationship with Gene and Paul tick. And I'm kind of curious as just sort of a, a, to dovetail into that, you know, what's the difference between hanging out or talking to Gene solo and talking to Paul solo versus when they're together in the room? I mean, I've interviewed them a lot together. 
together, which I think is good because they do bring a different a different aspect to the interview. But they they're really one of those you know they're one of those kind of pairings where they they could they they, they could finish each other's sentences. I mean they 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 they're all very much on the same wavelength. But I think they have very different and distinct personalities as well. They're not the same person, but they dovetail very well together. And I think interviewing them. It's, it's, it, they're very funny, obviously. You know, got a, and Gene's got a very dry sense of humour. So I think that I think you get the best kiss interview by between them together. I would think because they both bring a lot of energy and a lot of fun to talking about it. And they both have. You, you, you listen, to, listen to the songs they write. You you, you know it's their song immediately. You can tell just by uh-huh. the structure of the song in the first five or ten seconds if it's a Paul song or a Gene song. You know, um, and I think that that's kind of. Well, they are they're, they're different, but they but they work very well together. And I think with in life, if you can find a partner like that, it's really really one in a million chance, you know, because uh, the, the chemistry between those two has been is enduring and it's it's fantastic. I think you know, and I think and I think what they've created is incredibly special. I, I really do, you know. And it's it's almost like um, I think I, I I think it's sort of inspiring and daunting. If, you, if I was in a, a young band now. While I'd be thinking, I, how how could I ever have a career that would be that long? <laughs> Let alone, it's, it's so difficult now to have a long career in our music industry. But I'd also be inspired by it because, I, because let's face it, when they started, they were they they definitely were not were, were not the norm. And a lot of people didn't get them. A lot of people told them to take the makeup off. A lot of people probably thought it was ridiculous. Probably told them to change this. It wasn't simple for them to do that. It wasn't really to the live one. I think they really had that break the moment. But they endured. They stuck it out. They stuck with what they believed in, and what they believed in was was, was unique to them, and it was special. I think I would take a lot, a big lesson from that if I was a, a young, if I if I was young anybody trying to find my way in any profession about having belief in something. It doesn't have to be for everyone. You can piss people off as well, but if you do that, the people that like it will like it twice as much because they'll they'll, they'll defend it and they'll love it and they'll they'll be and they'll become their favourite band. Which let's face it, a lot of people who like Kiss. It is their favorite band, and that's really special. Right, and, and it's not that we think that they're the best band in the world; they just are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a question of how, how you judge these things. I suppose right. I must. I, I never really. I've, I've never had any issue with any of the musicianship in Kiss. I think Ace is a brilliant musician, but I've never judged it on that level. <laughs> to me, Kiss didn't exist on that level. It was more about the whole, the whole thing. It was, it was the whole package. I think that I really loved, and I think. Uh, I also really like the fact that, you know, I'm, as a collector, and I think a lot of rock fans are collectors, there was things there that weren't just musical that you could buy and collect, <laughs> that you can find out, you know, and it, it made it much more interesting and exciting, you know, to do that. And I think, again, it's something that, you know, look at a band like Ghost today, you know, I mean, that's very much in the mould, I guess, of what kids are, you know, doing and building it up and giving fans these amazing collectible things and keeping keeping that keeping the, keeping the brand refreshed all the time moving it forward brilliant i think rock fans love that kind of stuff you know i do yeah i really like that sleep token uh the summoning video no oh, that's yeah i mean yeah another another amazing another amazing artist yeah really really cool and and you know, i think that's all, i was just saying to someone earlier you know i you know sometimes people ask bands who are theatrical why do you want to do that and my question was, be why don't you want to do that? Because if you, if, cause if that hits, it hits much bigger than anything else. But you've got to be, you've got to be prepared to, to do it. And it's, it's face it. Imagine in the early days of Kiss, how much that would have restricted their lives, not being able to be seen without makeup. You know, it, it would have affected what they did. You know, 
but they believed in the concept and they start with it and look what happened so i think you've got it's about it's about believing something that's right for you not listening to other people because everyone's got an opinion and, and just and, and and also looking after the fans i think as well because that's ultimately what it's really all about looking after the fans and if you look after the fans and that's and uk fans as you know are very loyal i think you i think you'll, you'll have people with you for life You're listening to Kistorian Brothers. I would love to have seen Kist in those very early shows in New York in the mid-70s when the, when the stage show would have been kind of dangerous and raw and things went wrong. But <laughs> when you watch that footage of them, they're just going wild on stage. It looks so exciting. I mean, if, if, if that band came out today looking like that, it would still be amazing. It would look, it'd be fantastic. You still got those cowboy boots? for doing everything you have done for uh, us, us, you know, crazy KISS fans. I'd love those articles that you've written, and uh, I'd love to see you write some more. I'd love to see you write a KISS book. Well, I'd love to. I mean, I have no problem talking about KISS or music, so, I mean, it's a pleasure for me to do any of that. And I think, I'd say I've, I've, uh, you know, I think it's great for, for someone of, uh, you know, my, my age and my vintage to still be enthused by something, and, uh, and, I, and I've, I've never lost my love of music, and I've never lost my love of theatrical music. I'm going to see Black Bell Brides tonight. And nice. I'm looking, really looking forward to that. And they're a great band too, you know. Well, I'll let you go and enjoy your evening, Dante. It's really a pleasure and an honor to get to talk to you after all these years. I wish you the very best, and I hope uh, something uh, bubbles up there with Ace and you. Uh, I think that would be a beautiful marriage. I'm trying. I'm definitely trying. Yep. Hey, rock and roll. Thank you. God bless, Dante. Thanks so much. All right. You're listening to Kistorian Brothers. Phone calls about Kiss from your friends at Kistorian.com. The originals, keeping it real since 2010.